This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are, clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Oh, looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates National Average Savings by New Customer Surveyed Who Saved in 2019. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghosts in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. Today we got a special episode. It's a throwback episode from a couple years, from two years ago, I believe. And uh, it's one of my favorite episodes because it's dealing with a topic or dealing with a subject, or correction, better off, it's dealing with a place that I uh, am fascinated with. I've never been there, but it is definitely a interesting place and has a lot of reported activity, and that is Trans-Allegheny there in West Virginia. I did a episode on it where I talked to Christy Talone, and she had been there. She is a medium empath she's very sensitive and she picked up a lot of good stuff there and i really enjoyed that conversation i had i believe like i said i believe it was two years ago so i just want to replay that because this place these type of places are fascinating there is one problem there is one issue when it comes to these type of places they do get so popular and they do get burnt i don't want to say burned out but they get harder to investigate i think activity for the general public and if you're not sensitive or you don't have any special kind of sensitivity powers or you know if you're not an empath if you're not highly sensitive then it can be very difficult to experience something there it's kind of a luck of a draw and i've never been to this place like i said but these it's hard to get into. You can't actually, from what I understand, you can't actually go there and investigate on your own. It's more of a tour type thing. That does kind of take the fun out of it, but I don't know. I do. I am fascinated with this place, and I really like this episode, so I want to wanted to replay it for you and uh, share it with you. I know we've been on break here lately, but I am getting back to normal here. I've Moved into a new place, uh, working on getting the studio functional. Um, we're still working on it. Hopefully, by uh, this week, I'll be getting closer to going full strength and producing more episodes, at least going back to a normal once-a-week schedule. Try to do a little bit more every now and then, um, but we're going to see. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please be sure to give me a comment or reach out to me via email that you can do that at gitnpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle is at night underscore ghost or always follow us on t- Facebook. There we go. Facebook. Ghost of the Night. I am hopefully maybe next Sunday going to go back to doing recording live on Facebook like I used to do or I have done in the past. 
hopefully the studio will be up and running or at least good enough to do some do that live show and we'll go from there so enjoy this follow us on facebook follow us on twitter and enjoy this episode we'll see you next time Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. everybody thank you for joining this podcast today we have a special guest we are speaking with christy tolone from new jersey she is a psychic medium and a blogger who has an excellent blog that you should really go check out and i really want her to talk about that how are you doing tonight christy i'm doing great thank you so tell us how you got started in the blogging so it's really interesting because um well like you said i'm a psychic medium and also a paranormal investigator and he volunteered with a group and we actually, I actually do investigations with them, uh, not from the psychic side, but from the scientific side. Um, and a lot of that, you know, being an investigator is confidential. We can't talk about it. Right. So uh, my husband, who wasn't at the time part of the, the team that I'm on, but is now, he really kind of wanted to join me on some of these things that we were doing. Mm -hmm. And so he started searching out, you know, just local places. We have kids. We can't travel, you know, all over the place. So um, you find local places, some that were less well-known, some that are very well-known. And he put me in the car and said, let's go for a ride. And we'd show up here. Um, at first, I think he was testing me to see right. <laughs> how uh, authentic I was with things um, when we'd show up somewhere that I didn't know anything about and I'd see or feel something that was there. Um, and we started having a lot of fun with it. And I thought it would be a unique uh, look at things to share it with people uh, from my perspective. And that's why I started writing about it. Yeah, it's a fascinating read. If you haven't checked her out, be sure to head over there and check her out. We'll be sure to... What is the name of the website so they can check it out? Sure, it's hauntedhistoryjohn.com. And they can also find you on Twitter, right, and reach out to you that way? What's your Twitter handle? Yeah, it's at hjohn. Okay, so be, so be sure to go check her out and read this blog because it's interesting. Um, I read several of the blogs i want to focus in on one because it's kind of personal and close to my heart because i never been there but i have some history with that area and that's the uh trans allegheny lunatic asylum in weston west virginia being from west virginia i love to talk about the haunted history of west virginia so and you actually spent some time at this location not once but twice correct i did absolutely um on our first go around we actually uh had taken a trip <laughs> long trip out to Kentucky. We jumped in the car with my teenage daughter, um, and we visited a couple places there, one being the Bell Witch Cave. Mm -hmm. um, and on our way back, as almost a last, you know, an afterthought, we were kind of like, hey, aren't we going through West Virginia? And I have no geographical sense at all. So right. it's not far, right? Let's just stop. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so my, it was always on my bucket list. Obviously, I've seen the paranormal shows about it. And I have a fascination with uh, places like this anyway, big places, and I don't know if I'm a glutton for punishment, and that's why, but it just holds so much history, and um, there's so many 
emotions tied up in these buildings as well as spirits. I have a bit of a fascination with them. So with an afterthought, we um, detoured probably about two hours out of our way mm-hmm. with a teenager in the car with us. So it was fun. Oh, yeah. that, um, that's always pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I really wanted to go is my point. Um, and we showed up here at Trans-Allegheny and Weston. First of all, the town of Weston is just great. Um, and so many little towns in West Virginia are, right. you know, uh, so much history there and they're kind of standalone. There's just so much going on. But this town in particular, you know, was really um, wrapped around, I think, this this hospital, this asylum. Mm-hmm. It was called Weston State Hospital before um, it was bought and renamed Trans-Allegheny. Um, and since it closed up, you know, the town has been suffering a bit. Right, yeah. It. So, that really hit me when I was going through the town. Um, you kind of see abandonment's probably too strong of a word, but you do see kind of um, the neglect going through the town as you drive through now. Right. Uh, and it really kind of brings it home to you. And then when you pull up, you pulled up into um, to the hospital, and it's a huge, huge piece of land. Mm-hmm. There, it's like over 600 acres, and you know it has a long, long driveway down to this massively huge building. Right. You know, brick uh, building in the back. And as soon as we got, I'd say, halfway through the town of Weston, I started getting really, really emotional and really anxious and kind of really sick. I started basically um, connecting with the building already. Right. And I got a little nervous at the time because I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Right. Um, If it's this strong, I'm a little worried about what's going to happen when we get there. and it was a sunny day, a beautiful sunny day. So it wasn't at night, you know, um, beautiful sunny day. And we pulled up there. And as soon as we entered kind of the uh, the long driveway, mm-hmm. um, I really did. I mean, I got very emotional and a little overwhelmed. And then I got a little nervous because I'm like, oh, I can't tell my husband and daughter. Yeah. <laughs> we just detoured two hours out of their way. That this probably isn't such a good idea. Yeah, I can imagine. And so, you know, we pulled up and, you know, Mike, it's a gift, but it's also a curse at times. But, um, it's you know, it's unique and it's different with every site that I go to. But this place, the energy was just so strong and so powerful that um, I could see spirits. I could feel them. Uh, I could hear them. It was very overwhelming. So, you know, we got into the parking lot. We parked. And, of course, you know, my husband and my daughter are all excited. They want to go out. They want to take pictures. They want to take a tour. And I literally couldn't even get out of the car at first. And it's so hard to put into words kind of what I was seeing. But it's a it's a huge brick building, huge. Um, mm-hmm. Bigger than I was expecting it to be, truthfully. Uh, lots of windows in the front. And all as I could see everywhere I looked were just, you know, the silhouette of people standing in these windows. And then, you know, there were some that were a little closer to me, and I could actually see features of female. Mostly females I was seeing, believe it or not. But there were some males, um, you know, some of them kind of touching the window. Uh, There was pounding on, some of them kind of pounding on the windows. And there was just such sadness and such torment and such fear that, it really it, it took me back because I hadn't felt anything so strong and clear like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really overwhelming, and I got physically ill from it also. And um, so we did get out of the car for a little bit, 
and we started taking them. We have a couple of pictures, but not a lot there. <laughs> I couldn't stay very long, believe right. it or not. Now, did your daughter and husband still kind of take the tour and, or just take a modified? They did, not. they did not. They did not take the tour. They never walked in the building either. So you just they never walked in the building either. You just took pictures and on the outside and got in the car and diverted back to New Jersey two hours out of your way. Yep, we absolutely did. They, you know, they took one look at me and they realized yeah. there was no way. I mean, I did try. I mean, I walked up and I walked on. I literally got to the first step. <laughs> yeah. And I, I couldn't do it. I was like, I can't. I cannot go into this building right now. So, yeah, we did. We, we came home. No. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. I was, I was going to say that, um, you know, we came home and never entered the building at that point in time. Um, and it was very disappointing. <laughs> I, I can imagine now. Your husband is obviously aware and works with you on your ability and understands that like that particular situation, you know, when it probably wouldn't have, wasn't a good idea. He understands it. Now, does your daughter, how old is your daughter at this time exactly, was she? Yeah, she's actually, she's going to be, she was uh, 16 at this time, huh. great age. Right. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't. I've always had this ability, but we haven't always, I haven't always put it out there right. in the forefront for people to see or know, mm-hmm. um, including my own family. I mean, they always know I was a little off. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of easy to tell, but, you know, the past few years, we've really been um, delving into it more and accepting it. And so my daughter, who, yeah, at first was like, what? <laughs> she didn't want any parts of even knowing or hearing or talking about it. Right. Um really just has seen so much with me now that, yeah, they're very accepting of it. Yeah, so um, it wasn't, she understood that, okay, mom can't go in here, or if mom goes in here, it's going to be hard on her. So it wasn't like a big deal for her. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a big deal. <laughs> well, I meant as in not getting yeah. to go to the place. She, yeah. You know, she, um, she's understanding of the situation. Yeah, she she did. She was a little mad at me for a little while on the way home, but it just made for a little bit more of a silent trip, so it was good. <laughs> you know, that's the beautiful thing about teenagers. You don't you want peace and quiet, which you don't get a lot of. You just piss them off a little bit, and you get piss them you, off a little bit. You get, you get you get quiet, and you can watch a TV show, or just sit and read a book, or do whatever you want. Those are the precious times. Okay, so you left and without going in, took some pictures. Um, mm-hmm. when did you decide? I have to go back to this location and see exactly what's going on. Yeah, I, we, I had always, as soon as we left, I really, it left such a mark on me, and I really wanted to go back. Um, it took us probably six or seven months to get back. It's like a six, seven-hour trip, mm-hmm. uh, and we did leave the kid at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we did go back, and I got six, seven months later, I, I think it was, and this time I was able to go in. We didn't opt for a uh, paranormal investigation per se, or a night, you know, a night tour. Right. Um, I really like. They're hard to do because there's always a lot of people, and so to actually do a, a, an investigation, right. something like that, most of your evidence is contaminated right. that way. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like the tours, the history tours, like this, from from my perspective. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, they keep the group somewhat smaller, and I like to hang back. Um, because I, you know, anything I see, feel, or get from a psychic or mediumship perspective, I like it to be authentic. I don't want to hear, you know, uh, the guide or the tour guide talk about all the experiences everybody has. And then, you know, I happen to see what, you know, the same thing and it fits. Um, 
much rather go in authentic and just see what I get. So that's why I really like this tour because it was only probably about 10 people. Mm-hmm. And um, we were able to hang back. And it was only the one building. And I understand they now have a, the other building open. Okay. Um, which is, I think, more where they kept some of the criminally insane people. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll put that on hold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, that brings a question to my mind. Being you have this ability, and I want to say spe- it's a special ability because you can communicate, you can see the spirits, you can communicate with them. You have an interaction with them that most people don't have. And it brings me to, to this, these tours, to where, like you just said, that tour guide is telling you stuff and you can um, justify or you are getting your information from another source and it kind of correlates and it goes goes hand in hand and yeah okay this did happen he's this is what he's talking about i'm getting it from jane spirit over here has it ever been reversed to where you've been on an investigation or been on a tour like this and the tour guide's saying something and you're getting information from a spirit that is completely contradicting them and you're like this guy's obviously full of crap or he has no idea has that happened it's it happens a lot actually and um if I have a very pers- or persistent spirit with me at the time, mm-hmm. sometimes I have to speak up. <laughs> oh, I love it. They love to see you come And on. it can make me a real, you know, they're not a very popular person in the room at the time, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be a yeah. long, it's going to be a long, but very short tour after that, I guess. If you upset the yeah. tour guy. Okay. I'm sorry. I kind of got sidetracked. I just, it just popped in my head. that No, great question. <laughs> that, that, you know, you always hear about, think about it in terms of, you know, Okay, you can, you you get a better understanding of what he's saying. But what if he's saying or she's saying is completely inaccurate? And you know, I'm kind of silly. I get fascinated by stupid little stuff sometimes. Um, so as you were going through, and I read an article. Now they have remodeled a lot of it in the nurses and doctors' quarters. They've pretty much yeah. looks pristine the way it was back then. Now, yes, yes, it does actually. Um. It took me by surprise when we walked in there because I thought it was an interesting uh, place to start mm-hmm. for remodeling, personally. Um, and it does. It, it is pristine, and they have, it's full of antiques and things. And when we entered this spot, um, you know, I'll, I'll see. It, it, it's difficult at times because I'll see, you know, kind of what's going on in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. I'll have spirits around trying to interact, and then I'll see residual feet. So it's almost like two... TV shows overlapping on you at times. It can get disorienting. Um, and that's what happened here because it, I think probably because it was restored or, or tried to be to the time period with the furniture and things, mm-hmm. but it wasn't quite right, you know. Um, it wasn't really the furniture that was there in the same spot. So it got really disorienting when I walk in there. Um, you know, I want to kind of pick up a t- the table and move it to the right spot or, uh, you know, right. move the chair out of there. Um, so it was interesting. Right. Now, we just, we just talked about, you know, residual and intelligence. I've always, I've never, I've had a few psychic mediums on the show before, and I've never thought to ask this question, but it just popped in my head. Once again, this is how my brain works. Residual and uh, like an intelligent spirit or intelligent haunting. How exactly do you, is there a difference in, now, is there a difference in how you see them or is it, can you tell, okay, this is a residual I can't even speak tonight. Wow. So see, that's that lack of sleep from that investigation. Is that a residual of um, 
hunting in, or and then over here is an intelligent. How do you see a difference, or is it just the way they interact with you? Uh, no, I can instantly tell the difference. The energy uh, is a hundred percent different. I mean, for me, truthfully, when I'm interacting with an intelligent spirit, mm-hmm. it is as clear a lot of times as you standing next to me talking to me, and not necessarily that I see them that way, but. If somebody was to walk in a room and stand up near you, you could feel them. You know, even if you had your eyes closed, you would know somebody okay. entered the room. Um, a lot of times it's like that. And a lot of times I do see them as clearly as if you were standing there. Residual is more like a movie playback. Um, and they, they feel very, very different. And they look very different. Right. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's actually really easy for me to tell something that's residual versus an intelligent spirit interacting with me. And there's also an intelligent spirit showing me something. Okay. Um, which is also a very different energy or vibrational level to it. And I can really uh, tell the difference quite easily. Because I would imagine like at this particular asylum, you know, there's probably both there, I would assume. And yeah. do you kind of, like like that first um, time you were there when you guys didn't go in, you just took some pictures and stayed kind of right up to the front step? And you're seeing all these people in the windows and things mm-hmm. around you. Now, do you see, um, what I'm trying to get at is, okay, are you seeing both at the same time? You can actually look like at the people, somebody banging on the window and then see somebody just walk across the window or walk across the yard or whatever. And you can actually say, okay, boom, residual, that's intelligent. You know, it's that simple or I don't want to say simple, but that easy for you to kind of filter out the, the difference at the yeah. same time when you're looking at, you know, hundreds of ghosts at the same time, basically, or whatever the number is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're, it's hard at times because um, it's overwhelming, really. But, I, yeah, absolutely, I can tell the difference right away, whether it's a spirit that's standing there that's intelligent, you know, versus a replay. And it breaks my heart to say it, but there is a lot of both. Right. Um, at, at the time, Allegheny, uh, a lot of um, actual intelligent spirits that are still in that building. Um, in the nurses and doctors ward, for instance, that you, we were just talking about, there was a lot of residual scenes, but there also was a um, a spirit of a nurse that was in one of the little rooms. Um, I assume it was probably her bedroom when she was alive. Um, and she was dressed in kind of that white, weird uniform with the hat they would wear back in the day. Right. Um and what really struck me about her was she had these really severe eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, and she was frowning, and you can see she did a lot of that in life. But a great example of that is because then I began to see residual scenes involving her, mm-hmm. um, I guess, when she had worked there. Uh, and I, a good way to say it is she was not a very nice nurse to a lot of her patients. Right. Um, so I was seeing both at the same time, her in front of me, kind of telling me, get out of my room, didn't want me in there. And then I was also seeing residual scenes of her during her life. Um, and they seem to feel very different. So it's a great question, though. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, that's, you know, those are the questions that I have because and I, a lot of people don't think of it. Of course, a lot of people don't really lend a lot of credibility to people such as yourself, just from the fact it's so far out there. Not, I don't yeah, say, no, it's not far out there, but it's it's something that I can't prove or disprove. I don't know because I'm not you. I don't, you know, I don't see what you see. So it's hard for me to 
or not me, but it's far hard for a person that doesn't have an open mind, I guess, would be the best way to explain it, to say, okay, you're telling me you're seeing what? And you look, and you don't see it. You know, it's hard for people to comprehend and wrap their head around, and so that's why you get kind of those funny looks or people say, no, okay, little cuckoo. But, you know, you know, there's no way to prove or disprove. Course in the no, point. there's not. And, you know, it, it's funny that you say that because I mentioned that in my blog all the time. I know how crazy it is. <laughs> right. I, I really, you know, I honestly do. And that's why I like investigating um, because I, I like getting evidence to back up things that I may say um, or feel or hear. And then we get an EVP at the same time, right. you know, or you get other interactions on other equipment at the same time. Um, I think that's great to get that validation for all the reasons. I mean, I love the scientific side of it as well as kind of the psychic medium side of it. Well, that's what I always look for in paranormal evidence anyway, is, you know, multiple indications of different devices. And when you have a psychic medium with you or just a regular plain old empath that, you know, can sense things or feel things real easily or more in tune with their surroundings, I guess would be a good way of saying it. And when you get that person feeling that and then you're getting you know an EVP and it kind of correlates and makes it validates they valid, validate each other and then when you throw a third piece of evidence in at the same time whether it be a temperature fluctuation an EMF you know field spike or whatever it you know it that's where you kind of zero in and narrow down the paranormal from the uh, things that can be hard to explain you know there's a lot of stuff that we can't explain but doesn't necessarily make it paranormal it means we don't really understand it or the person who is interpreting the evidence doesn't understand how it works or whatever but when you have three or four different things joining together and forming the same conclusion you know it's it's hard to discount that kind of evidence i guess or activity yeah, I agree 100%. It's always the pattern um, when we put it all together, even anything that I get from a mediumship side when we're investigating. <laughs> yeah. To me, you have to take it all with a grain of salt. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I'm being a small part of everything that happens. You know, I always say it's like a little crack in a door, right? I get to see a little bit more through it maybe than everybody else. Right. But you need the history. You need the scientific evidence. You need all of that. And you need the repetition of the patterns to happen to kind of pull it all together and really make a case for it. Um, it. It's funny how my brain works because I do, I see both sides of it. You know, I'm, I do financial analytical work for a living. <laughs> right. So it's kind of a um, contradiction really yeah. when you're analytical. It is, it is. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting for me because I see both sides of it and I, I want to um, understand both sides of it. Right. Uh, and sometimes I, the things that I see, I think are a little nuts myself and I'm like, who should I say that? <laughs> Right, exactly. You always have that in your back of your mind is, okay, am I push, taking it a little too far or is this going to see me make me seem a little bit too, you know, out yep. there? Um, yeah. You mentioned a dark presence at that yep. location. Can you kind of explain and what exactly did you see or feel? Yeah, absolutely. We were coming up um, these creep, creepy staircases, which they are very creepy at this place. Um and, you know, I began to feel this energy. Um, I got warning bells. I don't even know how to explain it. But, you know, I have, whether you want to call them spirit guides or angels or whatever you may believe in on the other side, right. 
uh, personally, I call them just, they just help me out. Right. <laughs> um, and they try to help protect me and keep me from going in places that might uh, harm me, especially because I am a little you know, more sensitive than some people. Uh, it leaves me a little more vulnerable to, to certain things on the other side or, or spiritual realm. Um, and so instantly I kind of got that feeling of, wait a minute, don't go in here. You know, and I was just like, I got really overwhelmed and I started to panic a little bit and I froze. And literally the only thing I did was reach out and grab my husband and was like, just stop, just stop for a minute. Um, I didn't know what was up ahead. All I knew was that I was like, oh my God, it scares me. And we walked into this one section of the room, um, kind of like a big open room. And then there was a hallway and a door off to the other, like on the other side of it. And I looked over that way and I saw this big, tall, dark kind of uh, presence and energy over there. Um, and at first I just kind of felt like a dark shadow and I felt this just really negative, oppressive energy. And I didn't know what it was. I was also still kind of feeling the panic from the warning that I was getting. Mm-hmm. And things we were with like 10 other people kind of turn around and running. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really much of an option, especially because my husband probably would have been like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's our second time here. Um, so I'm like, okay, just take a deep breath. What in the hell is this? Um, and I got a clearer look at it. And, you know, and I know how this sounds. It sounds a little crazy, but it, it, it is what I've seen. It was a really tall, dark figure. I feel like it's really long arms. It was kind of like hunched over. Uh, by Paul, it like reached almost to the ceiling and it had these weird kind of things coming out of its head. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I, I mean, you would think horns, but it it's not horns and it certainly isn't kind of the traditional of, you know, a demon with horns on it. Um, I wouldn't use the word demon. I don't use that word uh, easily. Right. Um, I can tell you that it was a very oppressive, heavy presence um, and it, you know, appeared dark in nature to me. Um, but then I began to realize that, wait a minute, it was kind of stuck in this little area, uh, of the asylum that I thought was really interesting. And I still, honestly, I don't know how or why that was, but it couldn't go all over the asylum. It could only stay in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely, you know, seems to thrive and feed on so much of that negative energy that was in this building and so much of the pain and suffering of so many of these patients. Um, but we had to walk past this thing to get out to get the other out to the you know the other door out of the exit, and I was uh, really intimidated. And at this point in my life, I don't get intimidated by much of the things that I see anymore, truthfully. Oh, yeah, um, I imagine. You know, but once I realized that it had its limitations, I realized that I could, we could be protected from it, and and it, you know, uh, I could safely pass by it. Um, which is what we did very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Very quickly got past it and went and uh, continued on. Uh, we headed actually into the children's wing after that, yeah. um, which is always sad too. <laughs> yeah, those, those, that is, you know, I've always been, I don't want to say I'm jealous of you, but, you know, I would, I always believe, I personally believe everybody has some kind of ability psychically I guess you know it's just some people are more open to it or their mind you know our minds are built the same but they don't like anything else they don't all work the same and some people are just more in tune with their brain and their surroundings 
and they can interpret the signals better than most. But, but when I say I'm jealous is, you know, being a paranormal investigator, you know, I almost, there's times I wish I had 100% complete the same ability that you have. And there's other times I'm thankful. Okay. There's, cause there's days I just like to turn it off and go about my day and not have to worry about, you know, dealing with it, I guess, or being stalked for lack of a better word, you know, by a spirit trying to communicate. But it is so valuable to have somebody with any kind of ability, extra ability or ability they're in tune with in an investigation because it makes everything so much easier. And I wish I, I don't, I don't want to say I wish, but it would be nice yeah. to kind of, you know, validate your own evidence, your own experiences with the fact that you can actually interact with these entities or spirits or whatever they are at, that you're dealing with at times. So now, when did you actually kind of first know, I imagine you were pretty young when you first realized you were different, but when did you first have that awakening moment when you knew I can, I see dead people? You know, it's, it's funny because I really did block it out or tried to for a lot of years. Um, didn't really want to accept it. Uh, looking back, I, like you said, I know as a kid, uh, yeah. I mean, we always had experiences in our home because I would attract things, like you had said. You know, they would come um, purposely to try to interact. But, you know, it was. I've always been interested in the paranormal. I've always watched the TV shows, you know, <laughs> as my favorites. Um I actually met a medium who uh, gave me such a profound reading and came from such an authentic place when he did so. Hmm. Um, it changed my perspective on things a bit because, you know, I've always been a little uncomfortable with the whole uh, the mediumship side of things, um, uh, probably because I didn't understand it and I was seeing things I didn't understand. But uh, once he did that and it changed something in me, it was from a loved one that I had lost. Um, it made me think that, wait a minute, you know what, maybe there is something valuable here. Maybe I shouldn't spend so much time and energy fighting it. Um, and so, you know, it kind of changed something in me at that point. This was probably like, you know, seven or eight years ago, and I decided that um, I'd use it in some way. And while I do, I can do readings and that kind of thing, it's not really where I put my... Uh, my energies or my gift with this. I, I do it in the investigation side. Mm-hmm. I work with a group, you know, PCINJ.org in New Jersey, and we do purposely help clients um, who are having issues in their homes and that kind of thing, as well as uh, do this type of investigation. And I do tend to draw uh, spiritual attention, so we get a lot of great evidence, That's, which I think is really cool. You're um, kind of like you're kind of like a personal, you know, the whole. A lot of investigators use, you know, an EM pump or something to pump up the EMF in the atmosphere to, for those energies to draw on. But you're kind of a, a walking magnet for spirit. So it would definitely be beneficial for any investigating group. Yeah, exactly. It's actually really cool, especially because of my, I will carry a, a audio recorder with me. And, you know, somebody else will have one too. I'll get the EDPs on my recorder. Mm-hmm. And we'll have that validation because it won't be on the one sitting next to it. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, which I think is always really neat. Um, 
again, and we just started getting into it more and more, um, you know, and just traveling around, my husband gets to get involved in it by finding these great little spots. And I really like going to a lot of the places that maybe aren't as well known um, or haven't been investigated as much. Right. Kind of aren't saturated with that energy. Right. Um, There's so much of it. You know, everybody probably has restaurants or, you know, uh, stores or churches or buildings or even homes in their town right around, you know, um, that are historic in nature and have some great, you know, great stories to tell, whether it's residual or even, you know, um, spirits that are hanging around for whatever reason they want to talk. Right. Uh, and, you know, kind of through it all, if I get to interact with a spirit and it helps them in some way, uh, that's, that's all the better, you know, that's, that's even better. That's what it's all about, is using it to kind of benefit everything and everybody. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to look at it, and that's a great way to do it, really, just to use your abilities to help people. Because yeah, that's why it's, right. it's, a, it's a struggle for anybody that's had to deal with, you know, activity in their home or in their life in general. You know, it can be a struggle. It can be, because it's just not a scary factor. It's a factor that you have nobody to turn to because you turn to somebody that is a skeptic or has doesn't have the same belief. They, you know, look down at you. They can ridicule, ridicule you. And, and that just makes people go inward. And when you have a team or groups that, are actively trying to help them understand what's going on and relieve some of that stress, that's a great thing. We've seen so many profound, you know, um, <laughs> changes in people just by listening to them um, and giving a little validation and believing them with the, the, you know, the evidence we collect or even things that I may say to them that they, um, you know, didn't say to us in the first place, you know, for uh, up front and it validates for them. Uh, what's happening with them? It doesn't make the, it makes a huge difference. So, yeah, that's that's my real goal with all this is to help them, help the spirits, and then maybe have a little fun and visit some great places. Right. So, basically, your um, blog is just kind of you and your husband kind of going to different locations. Not anything with the team, or does the team sometimes go with you to some of these locations? The team sometimes goes if we go to a place that you know we call them fun. On uh, uh, investigations, mm-hmm. we'll run a place out like Lizzie Borden, um, place that, in yeah. Fall River, Massachusetts. We run that place out for the night, and so it'll be a formal investigation. Um, well, somewhat formal. <laughs> We're having fun too. Oh yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, right. So yeah, it'll be the team. But then a lot of my blog will be just places my husband and I are visiting, or even um, you know we may go and investigate on our own too. So it's mm-hmm. a little of every, all of that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, you gotta. You have to have fun when you're investigating because it's actually people. What people people look think of it as like the TV shows. You know, you're there for a lot longer than an hour, and it can yes, be. Yes, you are. And if you're not getting any kind of um personal experience, you know, knocks, bangs, you know, disembodied voices, it can be boring. And sometimes you have to kind of pass the time and amuse yourself a little bit. And you absolutely do. Because <laughs> that's, that's what I've been doing a lot here lately, it seems like. If I'm not getting a lot of... I've been into these... Not into them, but I've been trying to figure out these phone apps. I don't believe them at all, but it's yeah, yeah. But, but it's funny. You can use them, and it's kind of weird how you don't... I've done... I haven't... I was going to do a podcast on it eventually, completely bashing them and throwing them under the bus. So I've been kind of... The past three investigations kind of 
using them just to kind of, you know, get a baseline. I don't want to bash them without, you know, using them. You have to test them out and see if they're complete BS or not. And sure. so the first investigator I used them with, I it was at Thornhaven Manor in Indiana. And I pretty much just, it got to a point where I didn't have, have you, you've heard of Thornhaven Manor, haven't you? It goes to, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's supposed to be one of the most haunted places in America. And I did not really feel anything. I didn't, you know, it didn't even have a heavy feeling. And we had, we had like 10 people there, uh, maybe eight people there. And, you know, it's not a really, it looks bigger than what it really is. So there's a lot of noise contamination. So we, I started saying, you know what, I'm not going to get any good EVPs. I started, let me start this app thing and start my research on it. And, you know, basically it turned into me mocking the phone. And I don't want to put that, I thought about putting that on, you know, in a podcast or even a video. But I'm like, okay, people are going to think I'm an asshole just for the fact. I'm basically jerk, you know, jerking around with a phone and I'm not taking it serious. But sometimes right. you, you kind of have to have fun when you come across buildings or places like that. Because every building is different and every building is not the same on the same night. You know, you might go to a place three times and get something one night and not get it ever again. So people don't really understand that you have to kind of amuse yourself for six hours in a location. You know, some of the best evidence we have gotten is when we are fooling around a little bit, um, you know, and, and breaking the, the tension and uh, having a little bit of fun. <laughs> we get more of interaction when we're doing that and have our guard down and are actively trying to engage a spirit than right. we do when you're you're working for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, because people don't really, you know, people don't realize these most, not all of them, but most of these were spirits or people in life. And I'm sure their sense of humor doesn't go away in the afterlife. I mean, yes, some might be pissed off that they died, but if they were, you know, a funny person in life, they might appreciate a little bit of humor in the afterlife. So, you know, it's to each their own, I guess. 100%, yep. Uh, all right. We're your morning room in the same halls, right? <laughs> right, right. But, you know, I just don't want to be that person. You know, I'm kind of self-conscious to the fact that, you know, I take it very seriously, but, you know, I don't want the people think that I'm just mocking it, I guess would be a better better word that I'm mocking the profession or mocking the spirits by or showing them disrespect by kind of pulling their chain a little bit when I'm not really pulling their chain. I don't see you. How can I pull your chain if I don't see you and you're not interacting with me? So, you know, that's kind of my, my thought. I still haven't ruled out putting up some of those videos just as like, you know, blooper, like a blooper type thing or talking about a little bit more, more, but we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? Um, thank you so much. We're running short on time. I really appreciate you coming on. Now, do you guys have anything on the books coming up that you're going to plan on writing? Yeah, I actually have quite a few um, where we've been in the last couple months. There's one in my home, well, right outside my hometown called White Hill Mansion in Fieldsboro. I think one of the shows, um, Paranormal Lockdown was there, believe it or okay. not. Okay. Um, but it's a great old mansion from the 1700s. Um, it's a museum kind of a museum now um, run by a nonprofit, and they just do a lot of fundraisers. And we've done, I've been there a few times and had some really amazing experiences there. Um, so I'd like to write about that and, you know, maybe bring some people in to check this great old place out because it is it is amazing. All right. Thank you so much for coming on once again. And go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you at on social media and the blog. Uh, 
the blog website again. Sure. Yeah, thank you. The, the blog is at hauntedhistoryjaunt.com, and you can find me on Twitter at hjaunt. Everybody go check her out. I And if you missed that, I will be sure to put that in the show notes. And Or if you the, watch it on the podcast via YouTube, they'll be in the description. So be sure to check her out. Be sure to follow her blog. And thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoy talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for talking with me tonight. You have a great night. That was my conversation with Christy. Like I said, it was fascinating. I really enjoyed talking to her. I really hope to have her on on again sometime with some more of her adventures with her and her husband and the paranormal team that she works with. Maybe she can come on and talk about some more of her activity that she comes across. So don't forget, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and also be sure to leave us a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast. So till next week, take care. We could switch to Progressive da. Oh yeah. We could switch to Progressive and Sa. We could sa and have to buy some za. Oh yeah. Let's switch to Progressive to da and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da to da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.